0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of Diaries of a Homosexual. I'm your host Christian Sigurdsson and this week we are going to be covering is gay representation in the media getting better? Let's find out. I also have some stories to share with you um, about going to the gym and what that experience is like through my eyes because sometimes it's really freaking scary and sometimes... It's just so nice and rewarding. I also want to talk about anxiety and being overwhelmed because this is honestly just something I've been experiencing a lot recently and just everything's picking up, getting ready for summer, which is great. I'm very excited for summer, but like right now it's just, I'm in the thick of it. You know what I mean? And I'm sure you're feeling this too, but we're going to get through it together. This week, Heartstopper came out, okay? And if you haven't seen it yet, it's on Netflix. Go watch it. It's literally amazing. But it kind of got me thinking. And, you know, I put on Instagram like what you guys wanted to hear about. And a lot of you were talking about Heartstopper and, you know, just other shows and media that is gay. You know what I mean? And it kind of got me thinking. And I remembered that a lot of the time when I watch these shows, like Elite or heartstopper i go to look up the actors like the gay actors who like in the movie or show they play an openly they play an openly gay character but then you follow them or whatever and do some research on them and you find out that they're not gay and it's like oh like what and i think it's definitely good to have guys and actors who are confident in themselves enough and in their sexuality to be able to play um, a gay character, which is, you know, not necessarily always their sexuality. I definitely think that that is amazing. But at the same time, it's kind of like, oh, like there's so many, you know, LGBTQIA plus actors that could have been chosen. And there are definitely some movies and shows where I think the actor was very right, like, Timothy Chalamet in Call Me By Your Name, like, I would not recast that, you know what I mean, but there's just some times where it's like, okay, like, I love the show, I love the actor and everything, but I just feel like the casting could have been done differently, but it also begs the question, does it really matter? Like, it's a fictional story, so, like, why, why should it matter? And that's definitely fair to say, but there is something to be said for a gay actor playing a gay role. I don't necessarily think that, you know, if a gay actor was playing a straight role, like no one would really care, you know what I mean? But I think because the community has been underrepresented for so long in the media... We just want a sense of realism in that media for when we are being represented because it's almost a more accurate representation in a way. I just think it's really great when I do see, you know, a show and one of the characters is gay and they're actually gay in real life. It just, it makes me feel like I can relate to them so much more and I just love the show or movie that much more. But overall, I do think that representation in the media is getting much better. Like, by the time I'm a full-grown 45-year-old adult, I think it'll be very normalized for the most part, because it's definitely becoming a lot more common. Like, now, there are so many shows, pretty much almost every show or movie, I would say, there is, like, you know, a gay character. Most of the time, they are side characters. Sometimes they're a stereotype, but, like, there is beginning to be representation. Whether or not that's accurate is debatable, but the amount of accurate and positive representation is becoming so much more plentiful. And that's so nice to see, especially for all the younger kids now who are going to be growing up and seeing that on TV and realizing that like, oh, I'm not, completely alone. That's just so nice. If you are looking for some shows or books to read because you want to relate to something, I would definitely recommend Heartstopper, okay? Love Victor was amazing. Call Me By Your Name was really good. Degrassi, Next Class was pretty good too. And then, of course, Love Simon, an OG, There was also one that literally, oh my god, it made me ball. Okay, yeah, it's called Firebird, and it is dubbed in another language, like it's dubbed in English. I don't know what it is originally, but like usually that kind of bugs me, but this time it didn't, and like, oh my god, you actually have to watch it because it is like not, it's not that long, but like the story, it's about these two soldiers and how they like have like a secret romance but it's also like a tragedy and it's just heartbreaking and you really need to watch it okay moonlight is some a movie that you definitely need to watch i found it a little slow but the storytelling and the message is just so good i'm also going to recommend i love you philip morris which is just kind of like more of a comedy with jim carrey and it's about this like Gay couple and they go to prison together and, you know, they're like escaping and it's just such a goofy movie but it's definitely a feel good but yeah check those out I'm I'm sure there's one of those that I said that you haven't watched before book wise My Policeman okay you need to watch that it's being adapted with Harry Styles in it amazing The House on the Cerulean Sea I'm pretty sure that's what it's called that was 10 out of 10. Such a great book. It was kind of nice, too, because it was really great representation, but not in a very forward way. Like you kind of it's kind of like a background theme in the book. And it's honestly just amazing. Um, But yeah, definitely check those out. Red, White and Royal Blue. If you have not already read that, go freaking read it because I literally finished it in three days. Um, and (laughs) I don't usually read a lot. Okay, I really didn't, but that book got me onto a reading kick. Sorry for that little spam, but, like, you guys need to, like, watch and read all of that. I'm not even kidding. Another thing that I've noticed is that a lot of people that I know who are gay lack, including myself, lack relationship experience to a degree, especially when you don't live in somewhere like New York or LA or Paris, you know what I mean? Like if you're not in a big city, it's really hard to find a relationship. And I definitely have been in relationships, but not to the same degree as some of my friends, because a lot of the guys that will hit you up or want to talk to you especially when you're younger, you like you can't tell anyone because they're not out or they're in the closet. And there's so many, like I guarantee if you were in like a small town area or like not even a small town, but like a smaller area or city, if you go on a dating app, you are going to find so many like down low gay people. Like seriously, it's insane the amount that you'll see because you wouldn't even know unless you had the app. And so it's not so easy to just go out and find a relationship and start talking to someone and put yourself out there, and it's great when you can, but the volume of people needed to just hit everyone up and like go and find your person is just not there. There there's just such a lack of numbers basically. And I think that it's not necessarily, actually, no, it's not a lack of numbers. It's a lack of people who are out, which is totally fine because everyone should come out at their own pace. And hopefully eventually it won't be an issue at all and you won't have to come out. But until that day, you're probably going to have to wait a few years, probably, or your future relationship, you may not even know them. They may not be out yet. They might not even realize who they truly are themselves, and you have to trust the process and give it time, because you're going to find someone, okay, I promise you that you're going to find someone, but it just might be a while, It's it might take time, and that's okay. That can almost affect the stereotype on gay relationships as well, like, for instance, lesbians. There's always kind of like the joke that, oh, like, they move in together after the first date, which is not for, true for everyone, but typically the relationships move very quickly. Not always, but a lot of people's do more so than straight relationships. And I personally think that that is because of the lack of experience when you're younger, that when you find someone that you even remotely like, like, then you just want to catch up on all those experiences and you know you found someone that you can relate to and talk to that you just can't with anyone else and you always see your friends in a relationship but it's just not the same when you aren't in one but then you find one and you're like oh like this is amazing i want to spend all my time with them i want them to be like exclusive to me it's definitely great when you're able to find that person but the lack of experience growing up gay and not always having that and not always being able to just go up to anyone and ask them out is why, stereotypically, these relationships move a lot faster. When I first started going to the gym, I was so scared, okay? Like, I'm. there were a few times where I would walk into the gym, there would be so many people, like, there weren't that many machines free, and I would go into the bathroom, stay there for, like, 15 minutes... And then literally just walk out and leave. Because I would get so scared. And especially when you're first starting, it's so nerve-wracking to have that feeling of, oh, these people are judging me or they're looking at me because you feel like you're the center of attention. Like, they're probably thinking, oh, who's this new person in the gym? Like, why does look at him, like, trying to lift a weight. Like, what a joke. But as I got to the gym more often and became going and started going more regularly, I realized that literally no one cares because people are so focused on themselves at the gym. When I'm at the gym, I'm not looking at anybody else. I'm looking at myself in the mirror and hyping myself up and listening to my podcasts. There definitely are people at the gym who... Judge others, like there's always going to be judgy people, but the amount of amazing people and nice people and kind people far outweighs the amount of people who are going to judge you. And the people who are going to judge you are not people you'd necessarily want to associate with, and they're not people you'd want to get advice from and learn from, if you know what I mean. Because if they're judging you a lot of the time, honey, they're projecting. If someone is like, you know, I think we all talk shit. It's like, if you're trying to make it about everybody else, including yourself, it's probably just you. You know what I mean? I would feel so much more comfortable in the gym when there were women there. I don't know why, but like, if it was just a bunch of like, huge, ripped men, I would just get scared. Probably because like, I am not a giant ripped man you know what I mean like there's muscle there don't get me wrong but like not 200 pounds worth and so when I'd see women and even like because I just felt more comfortable because my whole life I felt way more comfortable around girls all my friends have been girls most of my family is girls you know like I naturally just feel more comfortable around that whereas going to an all-boys school going to private school I'd never really had the best experiences with guys, and so I definitely have some guy friends, but like I can count on one hand how many. I would always just think that these men would be judging me or sometimes they'd kind of like look over and I would overthink it and be like, oh, like what am I doing wrong? Like, do I look like an idiot? One time I was doing some bench press, you know, pumping that um, iron? Yeah, pumping that iron and this guy came over to me and i like put down the weight or whatever and i was getting up and I, I he was like using one of the weights but he had like a bunch around him and so like i just went up to him and i was like hey like um are you using the 20s and like he wasn't and like you know like there were a bunch of weights around him and normally i would not go up to someone because i'd be way too scared but you know i was feeling a little confident He's like, yeah, big man. Of course. Like, yeah, like take them, bro. And I was like, big man, me, big man. <laughs> Alrighty Then I was like on a high. I was so excited. This massive like bodybuilder called me big man. I was like, dang, I am probably looking so hot right now. And so I was like, yeah, bro, like thanks. I'll, I'll, like I'll bring them back. I probably said it exactly like that. Like, I kid you not. the straight voice came out so quick, and he seems like a really nice guy. and I don't know why I did that. It's like a fight or flight response, you know, when when a straight guy talks to you, it's just like, ah, uh, like must mirror his actions. And so I did. but I felt really good when he called me big man because I was like,, oh, you're so sweet. But I also see, you know, at the gym, a lot of the guys will always help you out if you ask. Like, it's just kind of the culture. And I think gym culture can be toxic at times, depending on the gym. But overall, if you go up to someone and, you know, you ask like, oh, how many sets do you have left? Like, can I use this weight? Or, oh, like, do you know how to, like, use this machine? Most of the time, people are going to help you. I was trying to adjust this, like, machine thingy, and you, like, pull down, and it, like, makes your arms big. I was trying to, like, move it up, if that makes sense. I had no, no fucking clue how to do it, and so I just went up to this lady. You know, I thought she was in, like, university, maybe, like, something like that. This woman was, like, in her 60s. I was, like, I'm trying to be like you, my girl. Like, oh my god and she was like oh hi like yeah of course these things were so hard I had to ask around the first time I was adjusting it and apparently you just pull this yellow thing and it just moves up and I felt like an idiot but she was so sweet and we just got talking and she was an art model for our local university so she does like modeling basically and I was just like that is so amazing and she was the sweetest person and then after that I would always see her at the gym And I'd feel so much more comfortable just knowing that she was there. Because I was like, okay, like, at least I have someone that, like, I sort of know. And, like, she'd always smile and say hi and, like, wave. And it was just nice. And you get, like, people at the gym who are just, like, become your little gym buddies. And it won't happen right away. It probably took me, like, four or five months before I even spoke to someone. But if you were looking at going to the gym because working out at home or you're not working at all and you want to be motivated and you want to exercise, go to the gym. Maybe bring a friend at first. Maybe bring your bigger or little sister or brother. Just go. I promise you, Kate, like if you run out of that gym for the first time, that is fine. Same. I did that too. But go back because I promise you once you get comfortable And start going a little bit, even if it's just like for half an hour, you're gonna feel so much more confident in yourself and so much more confident in your ability to talk to people and socialize and not give a fuck about what other people think. So go to the gym. Also, (laughs) when I started off, one of my friends goes, like, there's women's only gyms, which I think is amazing because I've also definitely seen. Women get kind of like objectified by men, you know, and it's just kind of like, oh, like, that's so why would you do that? Like, that's creepy. It's weird. You're not getting where you're hoping to, sir, with that girl. And so I think it's totally amazing that women can have a place where they feel safe to go and not be, you know, harassed. And it doesn't happen all the time. But like, I'm sure a lot of women understand that feeling. And although I will never be able to understand it, I can definitely sympathize with it. But at the same time, I feel like I also sometimes feel like that, even though I would never get objectified by a guy. I'm just scared of them. When I started going, I would be like, oh, I wish I could go to a women's only gym. Like, let's have a gym for the girls and the gays because that would be so much less scary. But unfortunately, that was not a thing. However, possible business idea because I feel like that would... Draw a very large crowd. The only thing is, how would you verify people's sexuality? You know what I mean? Like, that would be kind of hard. Hmm. Something I think about. If you ever start a girls and gays gym, please let me know. Now, I was talking to my other friend about, you know, me feeling anxious and overwhelmed. And she said something that I will like not forget for a long time, like word for word. She said, anxiety is a lack of control and the lack of control is from a lack of stability in your childhood and I was like oh I don't necessarily think that I had an unstable childhood I'm so grateful for both of my parents they are amazing my mom is a queen my dad is a king love both of them but like I definitely didn't always have it easy I didn't have it as hard as some people and so I feel like a lot of the time people will diminish their own issues because other people have it worse and that's not okay because your issues are valid. You can't there's always gonna be someone out there who has it worse. It that it it just always will be like that. But you have to take your issues seriously and deal with them seriously because they are actually affecting your life. And It might seem, you know, stupid to other people, whatever your issues may be, or it may seem horrible to other people, but then you also can't go to someone else who maybe has it easier and, or what you view as easier and then diminish their issues. But I definitely do agree that with a lack of stability in any, not necessarily one way, but there are many ways that you can have a lack of stability in your childhood. It could be a lack of parental figures, it could be a lack of social interactions, it could be a lack of, you know, food. Like, I don't know, I'm, I'm not a doctor, but I think a lack of consistency of different things in your childhood can almost manifest into, you know, a lack of control or you've, you want that control over whatever you lacked before, and then that causes you anxiety because you're trying to control what you didn't have before. Whether that's validation from your parents, friends, teachers, people in authority, whether that's, you know, affection, it can be it can really affect your health because anxiety and stress actually like affect you. I was learning in psychology actually that a lack of sleep is related to things like alzheimers. And I heard that and was like, "Oh shit. <laughs> I better start sleeping a little more because I don't want that to happen to me." And so I definitely think that like whatever there are things that you do now that will affect you in the long run. Some ways that I think you can improve this aspect of your life, if you're looking to, you don't necessarily have to, but no one wants to be anxious. Try to, if you try to discover what it is that you feel that you were lacking and what a common theme that you are trying to control is, that can give you insight into where all of this anxiety is coming from. And... If you do that, then you can find ways to almost diminish your anxiety by solving your own issues. I also kind of think that when you do feel overwhelmed, it can be a good sign because it just means that you care. If you're overwhelmed with your job and your school and maybe sports or if you're in theater and you have a big play coming up, it can feel very overwhelming because you have so many things that you care about all going at once and you want to do your best job at it. And that can be, it's being overwhelmed is never a good thing, but that is a good sign that you do care. But you can also feel overwhelmed with things like bills and maybe stuff going on at school. And that's a lot more negative. And so I think you also have to you kind of have to decide whether your feeling of being overwhelmed, does it come because you care so much about multiple things? Or is it coming from things that maybe you put off, things that you can't necessarily control? And if it's things that you can't necessarily control, you really just have to rely on the people around you and get through it pretty much. But if it's because of you care so much about multiple things then you really have to reevaluate what is the most important to me what can i maybe take a step back from what can i do to fulfill my role in whatever you're doing maybe that means you're delegating tasks to different people if you're doing a group project and you want to get a good mark on it because you care but you know you have all these other things going on maybe you can delegate the tasks a little bit and say okay Jeremy and Patricia would you guys be able to do this and this and I'll do this part but like I'm not able to do it right now but I'll do it tomorrow when I'm done this this, and this or if you if you have some sort of company or business thing that you're running, delegate the tasks a little bit. Get a friend, or if you can, hire someone to make that load a little easier on you. I was starting to feel very overwhelmed. It was because I cared so much about different things. You know, like I had the podcast, I had school, I had my job, and you know, my sports and my extracurriculars, and some other projects that I was working on, and it was so stressful because I had no time for anything else. I wasn't really seeing my friends, which I think is so important because if you don't get time to yourself, and you don't get time to be social and be yourself, you're not going to be productive, and you're not going to do the best you can at what you're trying to accomplish. All of these things that I was doing just started to kind of become of a less quality product. And so I had to look around and say, okay, what is most important to me? Obviously school. I really love this podcast. I'm not giving that up. My extracurriculars, there are some things, you know, like that I was involved with in school, some clubs. And there were, there were some that were important to me, but there were some that were also, I felt I enjoyed, but they weren't adding enough to my life and bringing me enough fulfillment to justify keeping them over other things. Like if I had to choose student council over my podcast, love student council and everyone in it, but like, I'm going to choose a podcast, you know what I mean? And Is it really that much work to go to a meeting once a week and like maybe show up early to do little, you know, events like hot chocolate mornings and like spirit week? No, it's really not that much work. But not having that on my plate released a little bit of stress for me, if that makes sense, because I didn't have to worry about it. I wasn't going to disappoint anyone by not showing up, even though I was scared to kind of like stop going. I still did it because it made me feel better and you know every once in a while I may like show up turn up but like I'm not taking on responsibility because I have realized that I'm not gonna do things unless I feel like I can do them to the best of my ability and if that means I have to pass up something that I might enjoy but not that much then like I'm gonna do it you know what I mean If there is something that you cannot miss, it's a huge opportunity for you, then do everything you can to do it as long as it brings you joy. In the wise words of Marie Kondo, it must spark joy. I love being happy and I love being in a positive mood as everyone does because it just feels fucking good. Personally, there are times where I am like so hyped up and positive and happy that it's like a euphoric feeling of happiness it's amazing and there's times where I'm kind of like sad and it's not so much like it's like an imbalance you know it's more of like a natural thing like it happens to everyone everyone goes through phases where they're more happier and then things will happen or they get stressed and then they're like kind of sad or you know whatever like with, in order to be happy and feel pure bliss and happiness, you have to go through those hard times because without that, it, the happy times and good times would feel numb. They wouldn't feel like anything because it's always like that. So it wouldn't be special. And when I'm upset, that's kind of what I think about is, oh, like this is just going to make the next time I'm super happy, like even better. And a big thing for me is music. It's such a little thing. It's a background thought. But I feel like it affects me so much. And I have really recently especially made an effort to not listen to sad music. Or, you know, even songs that are necessarily like... They're more upbeat. But like if the words don't match what I am trying to attract in a way, then I won't listen to it. For example... I love, 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 love Olivia Rodrigo, love Sour, all of the songs, but, like, the words in it to me are just, like, yeah, definitely, I get, I definitely get why, like, people relate to her, like, love Olivia, she's so talented, but a lot of the words in her songs are about, you know, guys kind of not treating you right, and, like, I'm not trying to attract that, so I kind of have, like, Started listening to songs that are like that use words that match what i'm trying to attract I guess in a form it is like manifestation But I always now fixate on the words in a song Whereas I never used to listen to the words in a song and I would just kind of make up my own words to the beat and you know do my own thing which people hated because I would always be Singing in the car and there would be one song going on and I was just (laughs) Making up my own but now I've started to focus on the words and I think that it actually does have an impact on your life because since, you know, manifesting and like listening to music, I feel like I'm happier more consistently. And most of the stuff I've manifested or been manifesting has been happening or is pending approval universe, but I really do think you should do it. And I know for me too, it's like, oh, I journal, like everyone should journal and meditate for 10 minutes a day. Like, no, fuck off, I hate those people. But like, if you just like take a piece of paper or like a little like notebook or something and you just write down like before bed, be like, make a story, be like, I am so amazing and everyone adores me and I'm, super rich and famous, like whatever you want to do or, oh, Johnny loves me back. It might not necessarily work out if the universe doesn't like approve of it. You know what I mean? But if it's meant to you, meant for you, I genuinely believe it'll happen. And if you act as though it's already happened, then it's just going to happen for you. So go out into the motherfucking world and conquer that shit. Don't let anyone tell you that you're delusional because I've heard that so many times and then I just keep going and then it's like, Oh, like, how's that going for you? They'll ask me and I'm like really fucking well. So yeah, with that, I hope you guys feel inspired you know, let me know, DM me what your thoughts are on gay representation in the media. What music do you listen to that makes you feel better? Do you think listening to sad music when you're sad can be actually beneficial for you? You can follow me at Diaries of a Homosexual on Instagram. I also have TikTok. Thank you so, so much for all of the support please leave a review on Spotify. Just, if you're on Spotify, get out of the episode, click five stars. Okay, that's literally all you have to do. On Apple Podcasts, leave a review. It really helps me out. But with that, I love you so much. Thank you. Bye homos.